Yo, what it do? Welcome to episode 35 of Just Another Knicks fan. You know, this episode, and I might keep it a little brief, a little short, you know, call it low management because it's a lot going on this week, basketball-wise and last week, but, you know, I just want to see, you know, everything everything play out to its full capacity and, and then talk about it, you know, after, after next week when the playoffs are decided who's in and who's out and take it from there. You know, right now it's just a lot to absorb at once. Uh, action-packed basketball, I'm really enjoying this shit. But at the same time, I just, I, I don't want to give like a half analysis or a half fast analysis. I want this whole season to come to an end and that way, you know, I can decide, I mean, assess and, and say what I got to say completely, you know, about this basketball season and about how this week going to play out and how little's been balling. A lot of players been balling in this bubble, man. It's beautiful to see. And, you know, a lot of players that we didn't think would be balling in the bubble. So it just makes me want to think, like, what Knicks players could have been balling in this bubble right now could have, like, padded their numbers up. Not padded their numbers up, but could have excelled this environment. And maybe that's a setback of, of, of not the other teams coming back and playing in this environment because, you know, because we've seen it firsthand from T.J. Warren, who's always been a solid scorer. Quite a few other players that just did my name. I'm drawing blanks on their names, man. A lot of players been playing better in this bubble element. And DeMar DeRozan, he's been a bowler, but he's playing like his life is dependent on everything right now. Shout out to him. And, yeah, man, next week, yo, like, fucking Suns is on fire. Little on fire. I, I just want to see how the shit plays out. You know, it's like it's like the fucking Grizzlies are almost trying to play themselves out of the playoffs. But the PG Lillard beef, a lot to get into. I guess I just want to see anything play out, man. I just want to see anything play out. And, and you know, what taking me back? What was I was taken back by was Ramona Shelburne. As like we didn't know she wasn't a biased LeBron Laker fan. You know all that shit. And you know, she really devalued the uh, MVP award literally because she said she won. She voted on the MVP based on the not the the storyline. That just sounds like a movie or some shit or like a TV show. Like, oh, we're gonna base on the story, not based on based on the best player. I mean, yes, you know, there's no problem with voting LeBron MVP if you think he's the best player, but you the way you worded it, it just fucked everything up because. You know, people already had their doubts about why Russell Westbrook won the first MVP because I, I felt like James Harden deserved that shit. But, you know, we all know for the most part the fact that Russell Westbrook, outside of averaging that triple-double, he got that MVP because KD left OKC. And, you know, we all wanted to see him win. And, and you know, as, as the, the whole world tried to show KD, like, oh, look at Westbrook without you type shit. And meanwhile, you know, OKC won about 45 games that year, and the Rockets won about like 54, 55 games that year, and Westbrook is averaging 30, 10 and 10 maybe, and Harden is averaging 30, 11 and 9. But they're basically averaging the same stats. They both have similar rosters. Um, we don't know if Harden's Rosh had the best fit for him, but they had similar type of rosters, and Harden was able to squeeze out 55 wins with that team, you know, averaging 30, 11, and 9. So basically, 
Harden averaged one less assist, and, and he was able to get Westbrook the MVP because he averaged a lucrative triple-double, even though only like a one-assist difference. And and even last year, man, Harden deserved it again, and we gave it to Giannis. And this year, Giannis might actually deserve it. Now they're the one that give it to him because of this whole storyline shit. Like, it's just getting ridiculous. And even with the MVP award before, you know, it used to be given out for the player who won the MVP, and they got to show that trophy to all of the fans. And now they're taking that away. The truck drive by me. It's just, it's like the NBA is doing everything they can to tell the fans that we have no value or, or all of our key experiences that we love about the NBA they're trying to take away. And I think if they keep doing this, I mean, it already seems it's quite obvious to a lot of people what, you know, the. The, uh, I would say the sports media is doing with all this shit, but now it's like literally they're telling us directly, and we're still, some fans still continue to look the other way. Like, oh, nah, nah, it's just her, it's just him, oh, it's just him, it's just them. And it's basically everybody, and how how long is, are we going to tolerate, you know, people with biased narratives to make such big decisions when you got some of these players and money's on the line for these players, man, when it comes to, like, winning the MVP or or scoring title or making all-NBA defense or all-NBA first-team, second-team. You got people with their own biased narratives that's, that's taking money out of some of these players' pockets, and I don't think that's cool. And at some point, we got to put an end to this. We got to find a way to figure out how to make these awards, awards as legit as possible. I don't know if, if they were ever legit, legit. But, you know, like, certain years you couldn't deny who deserves MVP, who deserved to be on All-NBA first team or... But sure, like Ramona Shelburne saying the storyline, it's like the people we have in place to make certain decisions in the sports world, I just find it amazing. And I feel that way about politics as well, but not for who you think it might be, but a lot of other people. And at some point... We, it's, it's all in our faces. We gotta do something about this shit, man. And you know, the Knicks were not good at getting first picks, but I was happy to see that the Rangers got the first pick. It almost felt like the Knicks got the first pick of the draft. And as the NBA, I hope they're not going too far with this virtual reality experience because it's cool for now but I'm just scared they might try to push this thing forward and if it does I, I could see I could see a lot of this shit going backwards man to keep this up to keep this up it's like the more ESPN I watch the more brain cells I lose it's like the more Fox Sports I watch it's like the more brain cells I lose like, I don't even know why I watch these shows man it's like you, you just want to see some you know, at the end of the day it's all entertainment but and I was, like, literally, like, to the point where we can't even ignore the gimmicks anymore. And even the Lillard, Skip Bayless beef, like, I, I don't really care about that shit because this is all entertainment. It's all entertainment. And at the end of the day, they probably got some issues, but they're not losing sleep over this shit. Skip Bayless not losing sleep over Damian Lillard making fun of him, and Damian Lillard's not losing sleep over Skip Bayless making fun of them because it's all part of entertainment. It's what brings in their money, what brings in the revenue. And, um, you know, I know a lot of players prefer not to be talked about, not to be followed, 
things of that nature. But if it just comes down to, which I wouldn't mind at all, the way that the sports media culture is going, the way that a lot of things are going in this world, I would not mind just watching the games. And, and that's it. Like, no more sports shows. No more, none of that shit. No more media coverage of what the player wears off the court. Take all that shit out. And we just strictly focus on basketball. I'm cool with that. You know, does that mean uh, I stop podcasting? Hell no. You know, uh, I'm going to do my shit. I'm talking about who, who they say. I'm talking about ESPN and, and Fox Sports and all of them specifically because you know they keep they're not they're not being objective. I'm pretty sure you know, there are a lot of objective people that are, are passionate about the game that do have some sort of biasness, but are can't be objective. You know these people have biases and they can't even be objective about certain shit. I think that's just nasty, and I'm not I'm not with the nastiness of that. You know, but as far as the NBA, as far as as far as the Knicks, you know, we finally made some. We're making some more positive headlines because we finally we hired I think something Payne Kevin Payne he was with Tyler Perry in Kentucky player develop player developmental coach and now he's with the Knicks and I hopefully you know he can help out Kevin Knox progress even more I know he had like a sort of a sophomore slump you know I want him to get back on track. But also, like I said, I still believe in Dennis Smith Julia. He's a high-octane offensive type of player if he gets his mojo back, man. And I want him to do that because I want the Knicks to build up from the ground ground up as much as possible and not rely on getting, like, a miracle free agent. And I don't, I don't want to rely on that shit. I'd rather just build this team from the ground up if it takes two to three years. It's cool. But as long as we got something built cooking up in our, in our backyard, I'm cool with that because... That's the only way I think it's going to make us work. And I think that's the only way players are going to want to come here is to see that we're establishing a winning culture and we'll be hiring assistant coaches and coaches that are good at develop, developing players because we have seen regression in some players that could have some solid potential, such as Kevin Knox and Johnny Smith Jr. So, you know, sometimes you get to see what we're doing wrong. We're not seeing what the players are doing wrong. So it's good to see that the Knicks are doing that, and hopefully we, we, we see a tremendous change for the positive this upcoming season when it comes to some of those players, such as Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox. I don't know if Damian Dotson's coming back, but even him. Uh, what's his name? Kenny Wooten, who's on the Westchester Knicks. You know, he seems like another version of Mitchell Robinson, but I don't mind having two Mitchell Robinsons on the court. When you got two athletes, two tremendous talents like that, you know you got to find a way to make it work. And I think Thibodeau could do that, especially with his uh, defensive-minded ass. Damn, man, why you keep honking the horn, blood? But yeah, with his defensive-minded ass, uh, I think they could make it work, man. Hopefully, they could be like a a David Robinson, Tim Duncan, but like not literally like. David Robinson, like, some sort of version of that, man. Like, not only literally both of them averaging 30 points, 15 rebounds, but that would be ill if both of them could average 30 points and 15 rebounds and just block every shot that come into paint because they're not, like, the 90s. Like, my 90s tenders were pretty athletic. Hakeem, David Robinson, Patrick Lewis. I'm talking about they're not, like, those 70 people that are not, like, these motherfuckers, Mitchell Robinson's athletic. He could probably 
Guard or guard. Same thing with Kenny White. These, are, these motherfuckers can rotate and slide their feet. So, I'm just waiting to see what to do with Kenny White, man. Hopefully, they pick him up and add him to the next roster. And, you know, once you draft whoever we draft in this draft, you got a, you got a, a lot of young talent. And, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what happens in the upcoming season because we got a, hung, a bunch of hungry young players with a hungry-ass coach who always wanted to coach for the Knicks. So, I'm about to see what that's going to bring us because I, I like I like what Tibbs has done with, like, an injured roster on the Bulls. I've seen what he's done with the T-Wolves. He's helped improve their players. So I can only imagine what's going to happen with the Knicks, man. I, I can see it, man. This, this is the job that he wanted. This is his dream job. He grew up in a Knicks fan. And I feel like he's just as passionate as his Knicks fans are when it comes to wanting to see his team win. And, you know, we got a lot of young pieces. And we're about to draft a couple of more young pieces. And we got a, a young piece, solid piece in the D-League. And hopefully, you know, he got something to work with. Are we expecting him to make the playoffs? No, but that would be nice. Do I expect to be, I would say, like, 9th, 10th, 11th? Yes. And you know, I expect to be even more of a competitive team this year. We were 21-45, so it's about 16 games left. We, we didn't play 16 games, so I would say if I, to, I would say we would have been 26-56 and 56 if we played 82 games this year. So, so next year I expect to win about in the range of 36 or 39 games. And with that kind of progression, I, I can only see them getting better. You know, with another year under RJ's development, another year for Mitchell Robinson to develop, another year of confidence. Uh, it's a whole new year for all the young bulls to develop chemistry with a new, uh, what you call it, man? I just drew a blank again, man. With a new player developmental staff, I expect to see a lot of progression. And it's also important for us to give, like, this whole staff at least two to three years to see where we're going. And if, like, things don't go as smooth next year, we got to make sure we can't panic and we can't start playing the blame game because this is a new regime coming in. Everybody got five-year deals, Leon Rose, Tom Tibbs. So we got to make sure we, we stay patient. But we also got to be allowed to be upset because we're all Knicks fans. And what are Knicks fans without displaying our passion of how we feel, you know? Because if we're not allowed to do that, we're just like any other a fan, a fan of any other team. And just because uh, we, we talk a lot of shit about the Knicks as a Knicks fan doesn't mean like we like when everyone else do, you know? For me, like the Knicks fans, like being a Knicks fan, I look at the New York Knicks as my little brother, man. I love him. I make fun of him. I fight him. You know, I beat the shit out of him. But at the end of the day, still my little brother, whether whether he becomes successful or not, that's still my little brother, man. And only I can really make fun of him or, or, or my other siblings can make fun of him. That's how I feel about the Knicks, man. Like, I don't like you. Like, it's an outsider try to make fun of the Knicks. That's all. That's why those Knicks fans get riled up, man. Yeah, yeah, not. You know, you haven't been through through the Knicks pain that we went through as a sportsman. So, hell yeah, we're not with that shit, man. And with the draft coming up, we still expect not to get the first pick. But with the Rangers getting the first pick, it sort of gives us a glimmer of hope that we might just get the first pick. And, you know, that's all I really got for this week. Like I said, I want to observe 
and, and enjoy this NBA week with the with the playoffs right around the corner and the play-in tournament. And I'm gonna let I'm gonna soak it all in this week, like I did last week, and, and just really give my take on all of this shit and give my take on the Knicks furthermore on what we should be doing for them well moving forward. And you know, with that being said, I'm gonna head up out of here. You know, y'all be good. Episode 35. Go Knicks. Go world. Oh, let's let's get rid of COVID as fast as we can. And let's get up out of here, man. One.